I am recording. Jax? Yeah. Yes. Lit. All right, so um, we're going to... Is... Mm-hmm. No, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Is the distance from your face to the, your phone slash microphone, the, how far is it? <laughs> Should we sync that? Um, my phone, I, I would say it's about a 50 degree angle mm-hmm. down to my phone and maybe like six inches. Okay, okay, okay. Speaking I'm of- probably like, you know, eight inches and more at a, mm, I'd say 50 as well. Okay, so we're pretty close. Okay. It took all my willpower not to... Never mind. Yeah, I Um, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is appropriate for our... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting episode. I don't know. Um, We'll see what happens. (laughs) Should we give it a rating? You know, like M for mature. E for everyone. E ten and up. It yeah. Let's should we should we say <laughs> we're dancing around it a little bit, huh? It's the entertainment topic that we mentioned last week, right? Yeah. Or last episode about it's just about like some Netflix and uh, YouTube. Right, just casual entertainment, you know. Casual entertainment. But I'd I'd say Puppet like shows. we're all <laughs> yeah, we're all adults here, so it just happens to you know be about a- adult entertainment. Yes, eighteen and over. Yeah. 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 yeah, just because, yeah. yeah. Before listening to this episode, you're going to have to, like, uh, we're going to have to, like, give you a checkbox or something that you'll have to confirm that you're 18 for legal yeah. purposes. So if you're playing it for your whole family, we recommend that the children leave now, you know. I, but I, I do think this is a really great bonding episode for families. For families? Mm-hmm. Bring your parents, your grandparents. Yeah. You know, Check out well, cool podcast mm-hmm. I found. <laughs> I think, well, okay, you know, this con- conversations like this can be had at any time, right? I agree. I mean, hopefully yeah. this does destigmatize a few things. Um, yes, I yeah. also agree. Do you guys want to get started? Yeah, I think so. All righty. Uh, one, a two, a one, two, three, and... This is really riffing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, hello, friends. How are you? Um, I don't know. It's been okay. You know, I think settling into a bit more of a routine now, but can't say that I'm necessarily loving the routine. But you know, you work with what you've got, yeah. right? You're not ba 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 ba. I'm not. I'm not necessarily. That's that that yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, but it's it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, How about you guys? Been, it's been a Are lethargic you week, Jacques. It's been a lethargic week, you know, kind of. Yeah. Time flying by, flowing by. Not gonna lie, I mean, we we agreed we were gonna record this today's Sunday, um, and, and we we agreed a while ago that we were gonna record it on Sunday. And when you guys sent the message, like, "Are you ready to start?" I I looked at it and I was like, "Wait, it's." But it's Saturday, recording tomorrow, right? So that's that's that kind of summarizes my kind of week. <laughs> did you did you go to work? Did you think did you miss your work from that or? No, I I did go to work. I don't know. It's just every day is so similar in the evening. Like after I finish working and going to class and have all that, like my evenings are all the same. Uh, I go mm. out for the, to watch the sunset and then I come back home and 
cook and whatever and so it just feels like every day is exactly the same in the evening yeah it's been i think it's been a month since our school closed which is kind of crazy yeah it's wow. weird because time has like no meaning now it's like at the same yeah. time it's been really slow but also you're like yeah okay it has been a full month so is this what it would feel like if you were able to stop time is this what you feel like when you're something retired? we always wanted <laughs> i don't know if this is what we <laughs> would have always wanted but <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess uh be careful what you wish for yeah yeah i do think you know like just no matter no matter what just yeah just be compassionate towards like other people's experiences and also be compassionate towards yourself but yeah and um i was trying to think of a segue but i mean i I can't really think of one speaking Um, of compassion yeah i was was like what what is compassionate about this but speaking of compassion (laughs) um let's talk about being fake Okay, that kind of works. That kind of works. That kind of works. I don't know. Yeah. Deep fakes? Anybody? A bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny segue about that. Um, if people know or don't know, uh, all of us were now officially past tense part of a club on campus called UBC VizTech. And we were supposed to, at one point, um, well, that also changed. But one of the events that we were thinking about having was about deep fakes. Um, so that could have been really cool, but you know that obviously didn't pan out either. Um, so let's talk about it option. here. Exactly, you Pardon? get to listen to us talk about it, which is much better than any event we could have hosted. Exactly, because you know mm. when you come to UVC Pacific events, you really only want to see three specific people, anyways, and yep. yeah, you, you're we... saving all the time and effort when you can just go straight to the source, once which we is left, just listening to us. You know, we we post all our all our customers, <laughs> all our yeah. users. <laughs> the direct value is <laughs> is right here. Your three favorite people. <laughs> is this the equivalent of farm to table, but in podcast? <laughs> yeah. Farm to table? Yeah. It's the Cut stripped the down one. organic version <laughs> of uh, our events. <laughs> yes. We're also a yeah. gluten free <laughs> and uh, vegan yeah. podcast, so. Yeah. No so perfect for Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of gluten free. Another segue for that. I, I don't know, um, but deep fakes. I guess they're gluten free. Technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do you uh, want to ex- describe them? Yeah, I was going to ask Jacques as our resident um, technology correspondent. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, I thought you were going to say something worse, like resident deep fake expert or something. <laughs> yeah, you're now liable for everything we know about deep fakes. No, Go. <laughs> uneducated view yeah <laughs> so give your best uneducated view on it and we'll try and fill in the gaps yeah sure so with the advent of um computer vision technology just like just like technology in general people have been able to generate um fake visualizations like real life visualizations of other people's faces onto like um I guess other humans so it's like kind of like people can generate models of another human talking you know smiling doing making emotions with their face and it's looking like more and more realistic yeah um so Mm -hmm. uh an interesting thing is like people have been able to model like you know obama making a speech but it's not obama it's like a robot or not a robot but like a uh a model a 3d model and it looks really realistic 
So it's kind of what deep fakes. Just make him say whatever, like whatever they want him to say. Yeah, it's more than just the. It's more than just the image. It's also like the voice. the vo- yeah it's it's an audio visual manipulation i'd say mm-hmm. um and i'd say that the use cases thus far have been pretty like politicized um at least the ones that we've seen and yeah. i guess we'll get into the ones that we haven't seen uh in a sec um but you know or the, the ones, ones that we've that I think seen have- and didn't know about Oh, true. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, what's interesting is like, you know, I guess when people say like, oh, AI, like, I guess this is a pretty real application of AI that you can kind of see. It's like, this is the kind of sci-fi AI application that I think people are kind of scared about. Um, so often the conversations around deep fakes that have been, you know, coming to light and a bit more have been because you have videos, yeah, of people in powerful positions saying things that, you know, they clearly wouldn't have normally said or they just didn't say because these videos are not real um and so the implications are pretty serious in those cases um and it's interesting because people know deep fakes in that context and that's kind of why like they've become a pretty uh, like not really buzzword but the, the word is thrown around a lot more now has, but... has anything been like uh commercially released yet though it's is it more of like a tech demo phase where nothing has actually been like released right well, I mean, they're not really, it's not really like a product, right? Like there's no company that creates a deep fake for, for yeah, sale or for commercialization, right? Like right now, anything to do with deep fakes, you're talking about it in the context of like trying to prevent deep fakes or trying to find deep fakes. Um, mm-hmm. I think Google and Facebook and uh, a few other, the tech giants have come together to sign uh, like a pledge together to pool resources in order to try and search and essentially flag deep fakes um, because like it's seen as this huge threat to society so that's an interesting kind of way like the 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 context and the kind of conversation around deep fakes is so negative it's like seen as like a weapon mm-hmm. i think because that's all we've seen it as um, yeah. But on the contrary, I think it's something like 90 plus percent of deep fakes are actually uh, in porn. And that kind of leads wow. into what we will be talking about today. That's oh, 96%. It's an article in The Guardian. It said that wow. 96% of all deep fake videos were pornographic um, and in many cases are being used to harass and terrorize women, which. Isn't so, too surprising. Um, what is it like replacing like a, a well-known like celebrity or something with a, like in a pornographic video or like what's the use case in that? Right. I don't know uh, if I, I don't know if the article explicitly said like use cases of, of these specific deepfake videos. I think uh, you could kind of uh, at least this is my guess. Um that they'd be used in revenge porn situations. Mm. That's that's my assumption. Because um, most cases, if you're using porn to harass and terrorize women, it's most likely like a revenge porn s- scenario. Um, but I, I also think most of... most of the time when you are kind of manipulating a video to kind of add like a fake face onto it for a pornographic reason as well like I think a lot of times it is to add a celebrity face onto it which is also interesting because I went into this whole like 
rabbit hole of uh, VR sex as well with 3D avatars. Um, and a lot of it was about celebrities, which, you know, I can get into in a sec after we kind of finish talking about deep fakes. So I think 3D avatars is a little bit different, but yeah. For, for people that, that aren't familiar, can you just like quickly mm-hmm. explain what revenge porn is? Right, yeah. So um, to put kind of bluntly, it's when uh, someone, usually like an ex or something like that, or someone who, who with the, it's usually with malicious intent, um, would share like explicit photos or videos uh, of you on the internet um, with the sole purpose of well, yeah, to get back at you and with the sole purpose of uh, using it as a, as a weapon, um, you know, to, they're holding, they're holding it against you. And so therefore by spreading the photos or videos out on the internet, out on the internet, it's used to, uh, harm and hurt you in a way. That's really like concerning. I mean, you know, I think right now we have a fairly, at least in Canada, um, open society i don't think there's a lot of concern like people privacy is fairly well respected there's lots of encryption so people don't have as many concerns i i think in general when it comes to sharing explicit material and whatnot they it's usually um someone with malicious intent that leaks it it doesn't really happen with hacking a lot but mm-hmm. um i wonder if these deep fakes now like you could be blackmailed and and taken advantage of with something that you know, isn't right. even real. Like yeah. it, someone creates it like hackers, you know, they try to, uh, I don't know if you watch black mirror, but there is an episode where they, they hacked into the video cam of like a boy and then blackmailed him to right. like murder someone. Right. And so yeah. that could now theoretically happen without even doing that. in like in real life, you, you could just be blackmailed with a deep fake that looks like you. There's been, I remember seeing interesting, um, ways that the tech people that make up this technology are trying to counteract things like this um one thing i saw was like when people were building these algorithms to like make fake images or whatever right they would like Mm -hmm. kind of build in a fail safe measure to like easily uh, notice like maybe not by the, the human eye but some way of like having another algorithm or maybe like a computer easily see that it's fake so there's like there's been th- thought of like when you're creative this creating this technology that can make photorealistic or video realistic things, um, you should have this fail safe to easily check that it is fake, um, which is like really good right. on them, right? To do stuff like that. Wait, as in the creator of this fake content would have built in? Not not the creator, but the people that make the algorithms that make the technology oh, okay. behind it. Right. They they're trying to build in this fail safe so that if people are trying to use it as like real stuff. Um, there is something in the code, something in the actual model itself that can easily differentiate between fake and real. Um, I don't know how automatically happening. This is not, this is like a thing they they want to try to include. Like, I don't know how they're now. Um, I don't know about now, but like when people are developing the technology, they were talking about how they should start incorporating this stuff. Yeah. Cause I was reading and now apparently like they were saying, how do you spot a deep fake? And Mm -hmm. they were just saying the best way is to just, never take a video at face value just assume that it's you know not always real which is crazy because i think <laughs> yeah. we've kind of accepted this for photos like we can realize you know 
some photos can be easily doctored, but we just kind of assume that a video, and you see this in court too, you know, videos are used as evidence, photos are often questioned as potentially being fake. But now videos are also going to be questioned as potentially being fake. So I don't know, with fake news and everything that's uh, existing in the world right now, we kind of had videos as uh, fail safe, um, but it seems like that might no longer be the case. Well, hopefully, hopefully, like, you know, it, the technology, I don't think, has gotten to the point yet where you can 100% not tell if it's fake or not. Um, but we have time, like, we have time before it gets to there that to, like, you know, kind of resolve these issues or have some workaround before we, like, before it becomes an actual issue, you know? Right. That is, that is crazy, though, that, like, the assumption, I think that kind of goes to all, like, media you're consuming right like because you have no idea where it's coming from that you kind of have to just assume oh might not be real and then kind of just check back later um but it is uh it kind of goes back to how deep fakes kind of first came to light like in general it was because of the nancy pelosi video um and uh it was she's the uh speaker of the house um right that's correct yeah <laughs> chris yeah okay cool Confirmed. um yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and she, there was a video posted on Facebook of her speaking and it, she, her words were super slurred and it looked like she was drunk um, and oh, people believed it was real. Um, and then Facebook flagged it, but they didn't like uh, take it down. Um, so then everyone was like, wait, like, is this really the right way that we should be approaching deep fakes? Um, so then someone made a deep fake video about, uh, well, of Zuck. And they, yeah, I think Mark he was Zuckerberg, saying some stupid CEO stuff. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Zuck. Nickname. <laughs> He's just known as Zuck to We're on a first name basis with the podcast. He's a friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We love, we love the Zuck. <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> we love to love him. <laughs> <laughs> two C's. Zuck with yep. two C's. <laughs> yeah, but they made a deep fake video about, of him and just to see how Facebook would react to that. And they abided by the same policy, of course, because it would look terrible if they didn't. But it's just interesting how, like, okay, is that really... I don't know if that's the best way to go about things. But regardless of that, um, yeah, I, it's interesting to see, too, because I think deep fakes goes beyond just the 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 imagery of it. It's also the mm. audio. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and, there's a and, lot to it, too. And on top of just videos, you can actually, deep fake technology can create entirely fictional photos from scratch. So while, you know, deep fakes are used, you can like replace someone's face or alter the way they're speaking in a video. You can actually mm -hmm. create an entire image from scratch using deep fakes. Um, so it's not just yeah. doctoring an image. It's not just Photoshopping something. You're creating something entirely from scratch that looks realistic. So it's super interesting because I feel like, like, the concept of deep fakes, like most people's first assumption is like, oh my god, like these are people with super high quality editing softwares that are making these insane videos. And most of the cases, yes, but at the same time, like many of the things, many of the apps that we use today, like have given us deep fake editing capabilities as well. And I think it shows you how prevalent like th this like is are you talking in about like society. Snapchat? And stuff? Yeah, exactly. And Snapchat and TikTok, for example, like if you if you mm. look at what Snapchat has done, like and and TikTok, like they've given us platforms to do a lot with the way that we 
completely edit and change like the media that we consume like the the video aspect like you know the audio aspect like so facebook for sorry snapchat for example had the face swapping filters um yeah right and and i know like a lot of them were used in pranks um but like those are very simple like base cases of of like okay yeah like that is an example of someone switching faces and then doing something with that either for harm or for humor or for whatever um but you can kind of imagine like that's kind of the same logic behind it and, and it's, it's interesting though to see mm-hmm, go Sorry. ahead chris oh no finish off no it's just interesting to see how like how like how easy it is to kind of just edit nowadays like you don't need something so fancy anymore like it's literally just like social media apps have embedded that into yeah like our daily lives now i was just gonna say this it's a matter of time before a new app comes out that brings deep fake technology to the masses um Mm -hmm. you know it's gonna blow up wasn't that app for like the the old make yourself old wasn't that taken down because of like controversial um reasons I think there was a lot was, of privacy okay. concerns. Yeah, are you familiar? Oh, it wasn't because of, it was actually using the, like, you know, this technology with other concerns? I'm not too familiar, but I do remember there was, like, privacy issues people had. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't mean, even realize yeah. it was taken down. It was it was taken down at first, and then it went back up. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I think the second time when it went back up, it got bigger. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see, like, you know, you, uh, it's quote-unquote really easy now, but it so much like years of development and technology went into these uh these things i remember my mm-hmm. my prof in my machine learning prof last last semester he gave like a whole lecture about you know um the the math and the science behind it and he was like yep and now we just use this to make a picture of your dog on your face and that's where it's used now <laughs> we're like oh nice yeah yeah yeah, they that's actually, what I mean. Like, it's it's trickled down to, like, things that we touch every day. Yeah. And people don't realize it's what you interact with so much. And it's not just people, like, individuals. Um, mm-hmm. Voice deepfakes, so audio deepfakes, yeah. have also been used fairly extensively. And in March of 2019, I think, um, a UK subsidiary of a German energy company almost paid 200,000 euros into a Hungarian bank account because a prankster, a fraudster, phoned the company pretending to have this CEO's voice of that company, oh, wow. deepfaked, oh telling them to transfer the money into the account, and they very nearly did it. Um, so this is proving a big challenge for not just individuals, but for corporations, um, for trust all around. So it's going to be a you know, um, pretty big deal. And this kind of ties in, I mean, this whole topic is kind of a gateway into the conversation we want to have about sort of sex of the future and the way that we're going to be interacting with it going down the line. Because mm-hmm. deepfakes is just one aspect of it. As Steph mentioned, you know, with revenge porn, you're going to have virtual reality um, and, and even social issues that are changing, like um, discussions around prostitution, whether that should be legalized or not. So there's a lot of different elements we wanted to kind of dive into since this was going to be an event we were going to do. So we thought we might do it justice and kind of touch on a few of these areas in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's, that's a great way to circle it back. Um, yeah, I, I think like one thing that's pretty interesting is 
like just the fact to kind of kick us off. Um, I read an article on Forbes saying that they're in 92 million visits a day to Pornhub. Um, and they're in 962 searches a second, and that uses up 529,200 gigabytes of data per hour. I wonder how that compares to like YouTube. Wild. <laughs> so, I'll, so the top yeah. websites, I have it open right now. Mm-hmm. The top website is Google. Um, mm-hmm. The second is YouTube. Then it goes through a bunch of like uh, Tmall, Baidu, Tencent, Facebook, Wikipedia, Yahoo. The first, um, let me see. Actually, I thought it would be higher. Is this Alexa yeah. rank? Sorry, uh, which one, sorry? Is this Alexa rank? Alexa? Yeah, Alexa rank is like uh, the website that makes oh, it gives a ranking every year of the most popular websites. Oh no, I'm on Wikipedia. So oh. Pornhub is 38. I thought it would have been higher as well. It's uh, up 13 since last year, though. I'm sure it's higher now <laughs> due to <laughs> quarantine. This month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize Pornhub is Canadian. What? Is what? Yeah. Oh, my it says on Wikipedia, this it's a Canadian. This reminds me. It's I principal country. It was like a meme about a posting. Um, of like being a developer for Pornhub in Montreal. I didn't realize it was like <laughs> a real posting. But anyways, this the meme literally... was... Sorry, go Sorry. ahead, Chuck. The, the meme was like, uh, it was a PHP developer for Pornhub. And then the, the comment was like, I don't know if I feel so comfortable working um, working here. And then people were like, yeah, we wouldn't be comfortable working as a PHP developer either. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, it was in Montreal. and I, I thought that was fake, but maybe it's real. So out of the, I think these are the 100 top websites in the world. This is Canada's only top website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our Canadian representation is porn. Every, everything else is like US, Japan, China, <laughs> and then we have one. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, I'm proud of us. <laughs> we got up there somehow. Yeah. Google Canada. Who cares about that? You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, no, it, the same article kind of pointed out uh, how um, 5G is going to play into the capabilities of adult entertainment in the future. Um, so things like, you know, uh, like low latency AR, because um, a lot of the conversations around 5G is how it's going to be able to like send and receive data at such a speed where we're going to be able to like resolve issues like latency and like bandwidth and like um so you're saying like there can, was a term mm-hmm. with like the Go increased ahead. resources they can just have like way better quality um, yeah 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 basically and uh yeah and i think that also relates to a very interesting uh like world of vr sex that also exists um which i think chris kind of alluded to in terms of the broader discussion of like okay what does that mean for i don't know like the sex industry as a whole you know how is that going to change the way that we view sex um maybe in terms of like the legalization of certain aspects of the sex industry i feel like culturally it's already become like so much less taboo than it used to Mm -hmm. Like, it's just getting mm-hmm. less and less. And, I, uh, and like, an interesting case study is, like, you know, um, in Japan. Uh, like, in Japan's weird because, like, uh, outside, it's very strict in terms of, like, you can't mention stuff like this in the public. 
but it created such a right. like weird dynamic where privately, you know, Japan has like one of some of the most popular forms of pornography and stuff like that. Right. Right. And it's like we've become we're kind of going in a different direction where it's just gradually becoming more and more less taboo like in in, in the public setting as well. Mhm. Yeah. And I think this is kind of similar to the way like marijuana transition to you know over the last few decades it's become less and less taboo more people are doing it in public um, not that i'm suggesting the same thing sorry doing it or... in public <laughs> yes, yes that's what i'll get not... to eventually or, or even <laughs> discussing it in public um, <laughs> but but then you know you, you start to have marijuana stores open in vancouver and bc they're decriminalized or they're not really being targeted anymore and then and yeah. then eventually the federal government starts to implement these policies so it seems like it's a similar trajectory with um like prostitution for example so i'm, I'm just i mean i'm curious to see what will happen because there are a significant number of pros to legalizing prostitution you can you know look at for example even in terms of um the taboo like you would reduce that make it much safer for sex workers if they have you know safe places that are monitored by security guards and stuff like that mm-hmm. um they have access to contraceptives and protections so yeah. there's a lot of benefits and 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 there's been studies that have shown that it reduces human trafficking as well because it's yeah, no longer this... hidden in the back streets. Instead, it's brought out into the forefront. And the same way, you know, if you legalize drugs, um, you reduce the kind of backdoor dealings and shadiness yeah. and you make sure they're produced in sterile facilities. Similar thing happens um, with prostitution. So it's a serious yeah. question. I think will start being discussed in the next decade or so. Um, it's an was, interesting yeah. application too, because I mean, like what if uh, those type of services start being um, like, online you know what i mean like what if it's oh, i think, I think like they're already be online well um, i know that they are online already but like to it's a greater extent you know like i know that like well we don't have to get into the details but um yeah like the type of kind of full okay i don't <laughs> anyways the type of services <laughs> like you know prostitution provides like that maybe that can be completely virtual to the same extent that that okay I'm, yeah i feel like you get what i'm saying without me yeah. so are you are you saying with the advent of like vr ar it'll be mm-hmm, easier mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so you'd have like mm-hmm. more interaction virtually yeah and maybe that can add to like the safety of all of it. Oh, I see. Um, oh, so they yeah. they don't have to, it doesn't have to be physical. It can just be through. exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I, I I can't remember where I read it, but I I think I read that like cam girls and make a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lucrative business. It's not. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why like sex work is exists, right? Like. And and speaking of kind of um, while we're on the topic, sex robots, like that's kind of okay. started. Um, they already exist, but they're really expensive. So they're around ten thousand US dollars. Are they like actual robots? Like they yeah. move and stuff, or yeah, and they they supposedly have like they feel quite life like. They look quite <laughs> life like. <laughs> I just think about the robot that Todd made in BoJack. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Bojack Horseman. But yeah. yeah, so I okay as as a 
context for all of you listeners uh for the longest time the two of them had finished and watched bojack horseman and had raved about it and then i had not so i finally have now finished bojack horseman and i love it to yeah i just absolutely love it so yeah now i can finally reference the same things that they reference anyways that's all it's interesting (laughs) because have you guys seen rick and morty yes yeah there was that one episode of rick and morty where morty buys a sex robot and it turns out to like yeah. actually produce, you know, children. The robot produces it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What if? But what see, if this that's is like future? in media, right? Like it's it's in popular. Like BoJack and Rick and Morty are popular shows, um, and it's being displayed and discussed much less taboo than it is in real life. Like I don't think I've ever had a conversation with anyone in real life about sex robots, and yet we watch popular TV shows that include them. Right. Right. So. Is it because, like, it's not taken seriously yet, and so, therefore, it's still kind of viewed as this, like, humorous, like, sci-fi kind of... It's like a comedic prop. It's also, like, you know, it's, like, a bit taboo, like, yo, you don't have a real partner, you use a robot, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like... I was was gonna go on, like, thinking, like, if, if this becomes more of a thing, do you think it'll change the way humans view their relationships? Like, is it... You know, right now, it's very, like, you know, monogamous, and, like, if you yeah. have a sex robot, is that, you know, is that cheating or is that like, you know, different oh. from, you know. That's, or what if we like start, like, is that viewed as like outsourcing like a certain aspect of your relationship? Like, outsourcing. You know what I mean? like, yeah, like you like, <laughs> uh, like that. <laughs> you <laughs> outsource certain needs as, you know, in there. And then like, what if it's viewed that way and it's not viewed as a integral part of you know human relationships anymore yeah, isn't like interesting isn't like open relationships becoming more and more of a thing in general like what i if... think they're just becoming more like um public as well in terms of like the way that they're talked about in conversations yeah. i definitely think like like open relationships were always there like all have have always existed but i think there's just more education about them in terms of like you know when they come up in conversations and it's like okay what is an open relationship and like more people can actually explain that and talk about it and like therefore possibly implement it i see and well this kind of like you know this might be an also part of it you know like maybe it's not open but it's open to machines <laughs> or something who knows that is an interesting um so yeah that's an interesting avenue um but yeah yeah is it crazy though like i i feel and correct me if i'm wrong that for the most part human to human like sex has not been changed for as long as i can recall throughout history Uh, at least like that the action itself you mean and and yeah Yeah. and kind of the whole dynamic around it you know like yeah, there's there were like magazines before, and now there's like porn online. But but when before it comes that to human, human, sorry, <laughs> I guess before yeah, that, that, that was the point. I think they were just uh, you know allowing the human, the natural form to to be displayed in all its glory. A Renaissance oil painting yeah. no, really just, like did it yeah. for them back then. Dude, you know I was I remember I went to Greece once, and then. There was a souvenir <laughs> book that it was a collection of Greek paintings that depicted sex. And it was like, whoa. This okay. Is a, you know, well, on oil jars, like on olive jars, you know, you know, those olive jars, like just some people having sex on those olive jars. Is that like the original, <laughs> uh, shoot, what's the name? Um, 
it's escaping me at the moment. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> I'll think of it later. Thanks. Um, I was gonna say, uh, isn't there uh like the Kama Sutra? I don't know if I pronounced it right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, heard of that. But that was like an ancient. Is that an ancient book? It sounds. Oh uh, yeah. I think so. It's a Hindi, Hindu, Hindu. Yeah. Yeah, Hindu book. About so I guess stuff. you know. But that was more like educational, right? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I yeah. This is very uneducated people. Yeah. I'm 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 not sure. So. Let's move on then. I don't know how old it is, and <laughs> I don't know what the purpose was exactly. So. It was like about sex for sure, but like in a semi-religious perspective, ish maybe. Flashlight. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Wait, what does this have to do? <laughs> okay. That's what, sorry. I was really <laughs> out of the blue. Um, the the when you were talking about your sorry, olive, olive jar. jars were the original <laughs> flashlight. No, I was talking about how on the olive oil jars people painted these things. Oh okay. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> it's an interesting episode (laughs) no it's good um yeah no i I also hope we don't lose all of our listeners yeah Uh, we're not gonna keep talking about this after this is a one-time thing yeah maybe so (laughs) unless you guys enjoyed it Mm. (laughs) so uh we talked about deep fakes we talked a little bit about vr ar um Mm Yeah, dolls, robots. I think we touched... I don't know if we missed anything. There's one thing I was curious about is that, like, um, do you think technology will advance far enough that, um, like, you won't require females to, to like, you know, raise the baby, like, inside of them? You know, like, yeah, okay. Oh. So I've mm-hmm, I've also heard of this, like, like lab-grown babies. Yeah, lab fostered or something. Yeah. Have you guys fostered. read Brave New World? I know, no, I have it on my Kindle and I have not touched it since it's, I bought uh, it. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm halfway through it now and it's kind of touch it's kind of this theme. It's like if we grew like test tube babies and they get programmed for like different classes in society and they get as they're sleeping like specific terms are repeated to them throughout the night so it's ingrained in their mind that they're like a certain class of citizen and this is what their life is like. Mm. So that's kind of like the mass production of children, well, babies. Not even mass production, but it's like since child or since having a baby is so like taxing physically, what if you just yeah. move the process of it growing outside of the human, right? Um, not even like social, mm. the social aspects of it, just like, you know, the right. health aspects. Physical. Yeah, I've definitely heard of that before. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I think that's like it, it, these are all interesting in terms of like the way that we will associate, I don't know, relationships, sex. I find it like hard to believe that we would get to the point where we're able to like uh, grow a child. That sounds wrong. Maybe not. What's the. Yeah, well, you know, like inseminate and then. But like you, you be, inseminate like, it and then it grows. It. It, I guess it does grow on its own in the thing, but you know. So I feel like it'd be difficult to say we get to the point where you're growing a child um, outside of the body without being at a point where you can genetically modify the child as oh. well. Yeah. Like those seem like yeah. they go hand in hand almost. That is true. That is true. So then you kind of would enter that 
that's a whole new topic. I think we yeah, probably can of worms. touched on before, and there's lots more to touch on there. Spicing, but, yeah, yeah. But no, I think you know. I think it'll be. This is like a, a. I think you know, sex in general is a core component of being human, or I guess being mm-hmm. an animal. Um, so it'll be interesting if all of these things come into play that are kind of simplifying our yeah. like natural and making our natural like tendencies, making it easier, more convenient, faster right. gratification than the like way that we were kind of naturally created similar to when you have like junk food, right? Junk food is not made for the original human. Like it's just so calorie dense so quickly and so uh, tailored to our dopamine receptors with the fats and the sugars that it's actually bad for us, even though our body craves it. So, you know, I wonder if that kind of simplification in a sexual way would take away from our natural biology and change completely the way we've been working for the last I don't know how many 10,000 years humans have existed. Uh, definitely more than that, I think. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, was, 60, I was actually 000? curious because, like, uh, you bring up the good point about how, like, the gratification and, like, the the social aspects. Like, you know, you work so hard in these, like, I guess, to build these relationships and stuff. And uh, going back to, like, the culture aspect in, like, Japan, people are there's been a very sharp decline in birth rates in Japan. Um, partly yeah. because like, you know, the culture is like people are busy. Um, females are more likely to like, not want to abandon their career for a family and stuff like that. But also it's like, is this faster gratification through pornography and like through stuff like that? Has it made it less of an incentive for males to seek out, you know, the opposite sex or something and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Or just to like have children. In yeah, that, that too. <laughs> yeah. I also just want to correct myself. Humans, uh, Homo sapiens uh, were discovered around 500,000 or believed to have created about 500,000 years ago. So I was off by a large order of magnitude. <laughs> One power <laughs> of 10. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I think it's a, it's a tough question. And I've, mm-hmm. It's like when science moves so quickly that we don't always have time to ask if we should be doing that, you know? There's, I think that was a line from the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting uh, science fiction books about stuff like this. You know, like, what if you lived in a completely utilitarian society where you're like, kind of like ants, you know, like, you don't, you don't think about pursuing these things. You just work for the benefit of your species. And it's like, I don't, I think we're going that. in a different direction though. Like, I think we're going towards a completely like pleasure-based society. Cause if you look oh, yeah. also at what's happening with automation, taking a lot of jobs and a lot of discussions being about providing a universal basis, basic income, that's been really popular recently, especially since that's kind of what's been happening. Well, it's not universal, but there has been like a basic income in Canada, even in the U S because of the, uh, COVID-19. So you know, if this carries on, the discussion is that with people losing jobs, we need to and being replaced by AI, we need to kind of tax the robots. So do you think it'll move into like where people need to start thinking like, hey, maybe we don't need to work to like, you know, survive? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. Like, it, as AI and robots become more effective at doing because right now, human like we're using robots already for repetitive tasks, right? So humans are good for tasks that require like creative thinking, critical thinking, stuff like that. But 
I mean, I think it's a matter of time before robots are going to be able to write like a better creative paper than a human can. Just better vocabulary, better understanding of syntax, of what makes for good reading, all these things that can just exist in a robot's back end, I guess. Yeah. So or even like better business decisions, you know, better ways to yeah. run a company. Wait, so then what do you think, where do we fit in into any of this? So that's what I'm saying. I think UBI is gained a lot of traction because of this. Like Andrew Yang, you know, was mm-hmm. campaigning on the fact that UBI should replace AI and, and pay people who have been replaced by AI and by robots. So I think that's going to become, the economy is going to be run by majority robots and AI and humans are going to live off of like this, a stipend or something. But how, how does that, how's that sustainable? How is that like a model well, for the, the future? The thought is you have to make the leap, right? You, you start yeah. from where everyone's working to make their wage to no one's working. Right. And the in-between is the rough part. Like you have to jump to this utopia where theoretically you get all your resources <laughs> from robots and from like, you know, automatic, automatic production and everyone just doesn't work. But like not at all. So we just we. So what's the point in even like would there even be a functioning economy? Like why why would we require? Like why would we require humans? I guess. Well, no, as in like why would we? So I guess. hmm. Like we wouldn't need money because we just get everything would just be created by robots and delivered to everyone. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's kind of my per- my point. Like, I don't think, like, would there be a function for, like, currency and money? Yeah. I guess maybe in terms of, like, foreign relations, possibly. But, yeah. like, if you're talking about, like, a system, mm. like, if, if, if everything is, like, AI-focused, well, this is getting super sci-fi, but <laughs> yeah. if everything is, like, AI-focused and you've got, like, what, like, a centralized system that dictates, like, the way that your, like, national economy is run in terms of, okay, who produces what, like, how much is produced, who gets what, communist. and then you just, like... Well, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? You have to, yeah. rethink, you have to rethink your entire, like, yeah. society, basically, right? It doesn't work under our current system. That's why people are this saying is something I think with sleep. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, say that again, Chris. I was going to say, I think this is something that is similar, like more easy to uh, conceptualize if you look at like a Scandinavian model of the economy. Mm-hmm. Like in the US and Canada, we have fairly high income inequality. So we just kind of have this expectation that there's like different levels work. of. Yeah. Right. And so, but if you look at a Scandinavian country where the income inequality is fairly similar, I think it's much easier to conceptualize when you see, yeah, you're probably not going to have like super rich people and super poor people anymore. You're probably just going to have everyone around the same based on a government payment. You might have a side hustle and stuff for like handcrafted goods and whatnot. Um, Food might be a specialty from some people, but in general, like the major means of production, grocery stores, supply chains will probably be automated. But anyway, this is like mm. a far-fetched, a bit off-topic. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in- interesting, interesting, I guess, to talk about. I just, you know, for all you listeners, these are the kinds of conversations that the three of us have when we're not recording a podcast. Yeah, and they're usually more controversial <laughs> when we're not recording, too. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, they have no boundaries. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, um, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, because if you think even like, like, what is one of the most, what are the most human things you can think about? Like, what's the most human thing uh, that you think cannot be replaced by AI or robots? Food, sex, and... Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're replacing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? That's exactly the point. Like, if you can replace something that's so human and potentially、mm. even optimize it, like, think about yeah, it. If they optimize、yeah. it for each individual person, like for your stimulus, then how could you ever go back to like a regular human? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what I mean when I say, like, like if we completely. Separate that from the way that we view, you know, relationships in that, like, sex is not even a part of that. Like, sex is, 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 yeah, outsourced to yeah a service, and that is that, you know, we are provided services from from AI or whatever that can do it best. And if sex is part of that, like, that can drastically change how we interact with each other and how we view, you know, uh, the importance of. Possibly optimize services like that as well. Yeah, it's like it'd be interesting. It's like you, in exchange for your genes, you get, I don't know, fulfillment in this aspect. But even and, and even more than just like sexual gratification, like because you know a big part of relationships, for, for most people at least, is more than just sex. There's like companionship、mm-hmm. and and you know support and and all those things that come with it that that make for a, a good relationship. But those things eventually could be replaced as well. So, What you if, could、yeah. have something something that's optimized for your personality type to be, you know, to know exactly when to challenge you, to know exactly when to support you, to know, you know, all these things that are impossible for a human to optimize. And then you throw in things like machine learning, where you know it might、like、start a, off、so、a little rocky. So it's like a、rocky. dating simulator on、and、steroids. Then, yeah, and it'll learn exactly like what your preferences are, how to work off of your responses, and、yeah. there you go. It's the movie Her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Matrix. Do we get an Oscar now? Oh my gosh, I. Yeah, I don't think it's too far fetched though, or too like far out in the future. Yeah, I like, guess I、we'll、don't、see. think it's just speculation. We'll do a podcast ten years from now, like a look back. Yeah, like、mm-hmm. uh, so. How's your How's your virtual girlfriend, Chris? <laughs> She ran out. Yeah, how's like yeah? <laughs> <laughs> died a few I, days I, ago. I lost the charger. <laughs> <laughs>、um. Yikes. Cool. Well,、um, I don't know if there's anything else we want to add on this topic. I I don't know. I think we've we've taken it like many different places. So I, I I'm right I'm, round, right round. I'm happy to yeah, let it rest for now. I have I have、uh, two little topics like itsy bitsy、okay. after this one. These are like、uh, the denouement. I don't know if you guys remember English in high school, but there is、oh, the、boy. you know you build up the build up and then the climax and then the denouement. Uh, no pun intended,、yeah. and then this、uh, <laughs> this is the denouement. So、uh, nice. uh, researchers or scientists supposedly have recently discovered a mutant enzyme that can break down plastic bottles for recycling in a matter of hours. This、uh, seems pretty、That's, cool. That is pretty cool. What's like, is there an idea in terms of、uh, how that? Can be used in terms of like in a natural like recycling plant, and if that's gonna be used in I don't know, yeah, like large scale use I guess. So yeah, so to give a bit of context, right now the like initial enzyme degradation of plastic is about one、mm-hmm. percent of the plastic after several weeks 
of okay. decomposition. This new enzyme can break down 90% within 10 hours. So to yeah, give a bit crazy. of like perspective on how yeah, big of a deal good. it is. So right. essentially what it means is that it could super quickly optimize um, the amount of plastic that we're recycling. Because right now, about 60% of plastics um, end up in a landfill or in nature. So only about 40% gets recycled. Mm-hmm. Would, and this is, would yeah. that be an optimal solution in terms of like getting rid of the plastic that is already kind of dumped in nature that we don't know what to do with? So I think this primarily refers to plastic that's being recycled. So I, I don't think you can mm-hmm. just like dump this enzyme everywhere. And right. So I think it would have to, <laughs> but what ocean. it does allow is like faster. Um, so our capacity would be much bigger now. For... Yeah. Yeah. And like the effectiveness is exactly. a lot greater. Yeah. Cause, uh, that's great. Yeah. That's interesting. Another big issue is microplastics. So even, even with our recycling and, and all these efforts, because there's just so much plastic in the world, microplastics are everywhere. Um, microfibers and I think it's microplastics. And they are, they are accumulating in a lot of animals and in humans as well. Mm-hmm. And they're quite harmful over time. Um, right. And they, they take like millions of years to, to decay as well. So they're just like stuck Exactly. There. So, you know, this could go well. I mean, Canada, I think, has announced a ban on single-use plastics by 2021. So... Um, We've definitely already seen that in action at, on campus and in Vancouver in general. So yeah, yeah. everyone's favorite plastic or paper straws. Paper straws. Yeah. Wooden <laughs> wooden spoons. I don't understand. Okay, I mean, I I don't know if it's like an unpopular opinion or whatnot, but I I don't get like why do we need straws? <laughs> what do you mean? As in, like, like why do we sip... need them at all? Yeah, like can't you just stick the cup to your mouth and drink like you drink out of a regular cup? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's why like a lot of uh, a lot of drink, well, yeah, a lot of places have just made lids that yeah. are made for that. Like you just exactly. kind of the, the sipping lids. The only case I can see a straw is useful <laughs> is in boba. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like an ice cap where you can't really like maybe it's slurp it. Maybe it's like a capitalist thing where it's just a lot easier to consume it faster with a straw. So they're like, you know, okay, McDonald's is like, yo, we got to f- give them straws. Uh, so I'll give you a friggin' IV tube and I'll just inject it right into your veins. <laughs> that takes a long time, Chris. <laughs> That's uh, much more uh, impactful. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens also. Like, side note, but or, like just a pill you can pop and then it's like your ice cap to go. But then you don't get the, uh, maybe it's like a virtual thing in your brain. You can feel the taste yeah. buds stimulates the texture it's like it's like skittles yeah interesting oh weird that's like uh willy wonka kind of stuff like you know like the gum that yeah or wally we're really like you know on our sci-fi kind of stuff today this is what happens when you lock me inside for a month yeah my imagination speculating like yeah (laughs) what kind of dystopian society are we gonna live in (laughs) in the future (laughs) all the theories we can throw out (laughs) Yeah. 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 Gotta gotta read more sci fi books. They're fun. Yeah. Or any, watch uh, more Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Any, any What's other... your second sorry, sorry, Chris. I was just gonna say if there's any other ideas you guys want to run with before we move on. Mm, about paper straws. I'm good. <laughs> no. Well then while we're on the topic of running with something, 
Nice. Terry Fox is a marathon of hope <laughs> started 40 years ago today. <laughs> that was a good segue. <laughs> Thank you. That was planted. Yeah, um, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, 40 years ago today, the uh, or I guess the day of recording, probably not the day you're listening, but April 12th, um, 40 years ago, Terry Fox began his marathon of hope in Thunder Bay or... Nope, that's where he died. Uh, Well, he didn't die there. He stopped St. John's. That's true, he stopped there. Yeah, he began in St. John's, um, April 12th, 1980. I keep, to me, Terry Fox has been immortalized. This is like 20-year-old, so it's hard to think (laughs) that he would have been 41, 40 now. That's so young. Or no, wait, he was 20 then, sorry. So he would have been 60-something now. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's not that old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't that wild? That's pretty crazy, yeah. Crazy. That's a true, you know, Canadian, I don't know, tradition that we for, for the do non, Terry Fox runs. For the non-Canadian listeners, Terry Fox is like a Canadian icon, legend. Mm-hmm. Um, hero, Yeah, I guess. Not he, really hero, but, well, kind of. He, uh, yeah, he ran across that. the country, yeah, and he symbolizes like... Uh, I guess, efforts against cancer um, and Terry cancer Fox research. Foundation has raised $750 million, nearly wow. three quarters of a billion dollars for cancer research since yeah. um, 1980. And every That's year, crazy. you know, it's a tradition for us, to, for Canadians to do a Terry Fox run and other people too, other countries yeah. do, a, do a run and raise money for cancer. Like there's mm-hmm. 33 countries around the world that do it as well. So it's not, uh, it's, it's pretty big. Um, I remember even when I was living in Hong Kong, I uh, participated and volunteered for a Terry Fox run there um, with a few of uh, people that I knew from my Canadian school there. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. That's impressive. Worldwide. uh, To to, uh, kind of give you guys a bit of perspective on how crazy what he did was, he ran the equivalent of a marathon every single day from today until August. With one leg, by the way. He has a prosthetic leg, too. Yeah. Until August. Like, it blows me. Every single day from now until August. I, can't, I don't know exactly which day in August, um, but every single day, the equivalent of a marathon. That's absolutely That's insane. crazy. What yeah. a trooper. So... Truly, yeah. um, it's every time I, I remember, and it's unfortunate we don't hear about it more often. It's usually only when there's Terry Fox Day and then, you know, stuff like this comes out, some news about him. But it's it's really um, makes you proud to be a Canadian, to, to that this guy was a Canadian. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's wholesome news to kind of end off on. Um, like when you actually, you know, read the whole story of Terry Fox, it really is like inspiring. Um, and it's nice to kind of finish that off, I think, for for the topic today. So thanks, Chris, for bringing that up. And I feel like the yeah. whole podcast today, the episode, kind of had some elements of Canadian pride throughout, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Starting off with Pornhub. Starting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go Canada. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Our porn and native <laughs> good one <laughs> um but also there's been a interesting campaign i just assumed terry fox would be on one of our dollar bills like i just I had about, assumed that i didn't realize he's not 
Yeah, I heard about that. Mm, okay, and so people want him on a bill? Yeah, yo, they want him on the $5 bill. Who is currently on the $5 bill? I honestly have no idea. Putting me on the spot here, Steph. Let's see if I can find a $5 bill. I know there's a there's an astronaut on it in like a, the Canada. So on, on one side, it's Sir Wilfrid Laurier. Okay. Former prime minister. And yep, yeah, like Jacques mm-hmm. said, it's a Canada arm two on the other side. Nice. Interesting. Okay. Maybe they can do a special edition $5 bill for a Terry Fox. I think there was a commemorative coin. But Yeah, I, mean, I remember. I, I have that coin. I oh, yeah? uh, am a bit of a coin collector. <laughs> so. Yeah, throwback to 2010 when we had all those Olympic coins. Oh, of course. Yeah, I have all of them. <laughs> Dang. Uh, can you believe 2010 10 years ago yeah, yeah insane canada's gold anyway we're on a bit of a reminiscing uh was it memory <laughs> we're like we're like uh, retired memory. we're like retired seniors you know <laughs> yeah talking about the glory days what's this podcast gonna what... be like in our 70s <laughs> what else can you do when you're just sitting inside except you know <laughs> Talk about the good old days when we used to be in a real studio <laughs> back then when yeah. we had mics. No echo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Uh, if if we keep doing what we're doing and we're on a good track here, I think, uh, you know, we can get back to some semblance of normal sooner rather than later, hopefully. Yeah. Um, quick, quick quick note about covid nothing too (gasps) i'll barely say anything it's more of like a hopeful note but i i read there are two really good articles um one new york times article and then one ctv news article the ctv news article is really just about what trudeau kind of said about the trajectory of canada but the new york times article is uh kind of states like four checkpoints that uh both the u.s and in state um but gives a sense for what Canada needs to do as well before kind of getting back to normal. And I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but some of them were um, uh, having enough testing kits, being able to monitor and track people who have come into contact with people who test positive, um, being able to properly quarantine those who are um, testing positive. Um, And so it just gives you a sense, like these are... I think like these sorts of articles are the kind of good news articles to read because it gives you a sense of like what needs to happen, you know, and I I think it helps kind of ease any um, uncertainty in terms of like, oh my God, are we going to be stuck like this forever? Um, So yeah, like no is the kind of answer, but also yes, (laughs) you know, it'll, it'll be gradual um, because we need to put certain systems in place and things will kind of slowly come back um, and it might ease off, ease on, it depends. So yeah, that was a quick note of what I've learned or what I've been kind of reading up on. But that's it. That's all I'll say. Either way, I think we all need to uh, stay positive or, well, Mm -hmm. negative. Optimistic? Not sure. Yeah, stay, stay, stay negative in the health and stay positive in mind yeah. i don't know <laughs> should be our, yeah, should be our uh, just stay eloquent <laughs> uh, stay 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 yeah stay safe <laughs> and on uh on that taylor swift note um what why is it a taylor swift it. note doesn't she have a song called stay stay, stay what stay stay i've been loving you for quite some time 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 <laughs> 
No? Right. Okay, you probably If you, you want to shut off the podcast, you can okay. do that now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my apologies. But yeah, sorry. Finish off, Chris. Sorry, I interrupted. That, that, was, that was it. I think I've said more than enough. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you guys Thank next you. time. Thank you. Bye. Alrighty. Bye.